this is a Marketing for Learning podcast, the only podcast in the world that's guaranteed to increase your knowledge, skills, and capabilities when it comes to marketing for learning. Plus, there's a gratuitous amount of pineapples. You're welcome. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Marketing for Learning podcast. It's Hannah here with you today, and I'm here with a little bit of a different episode for you. Last week, I had the absolute pleasure of going to two L&D networking events. The first on Tuesday with Synthesia and the second on Thursday with How Now. I spoke to so many people about everything from marketing to AI and anything you can imagine in between. I had such a great time at both of these events. I thought it was really important to share with you my insights and takeaways from these events. I learned so much as well as giving so much advice out to people. Um, and I got some really common questions that came up time and time again. So I want to share the answers to those questions with you as well. So let's just get stuck in with my top four takeaways from last week. Okay, takeaway number one is really, really simple. People, people, people. Everything we do in L&D comes back to people. And I think sometimes we forget that. We forget that we should have our target audience at the heart of everything we do. We are pulled from pillar to post. We've got the C-suite arts in for one thing, managers in the business arts in for another. And at the bottom of it all is our people saying, hey, can somebody look at me? In all of the conversations I had, whether that was about AI, whether it was about um, new developments, whether it was about whether we call ourselves L&D or not, everything came back to the people at the heart of it, came back to our target audience. We talk about this so much at Mass. In fact, our whole first session on the Marketing for L&D Masterclass is about mindset and about customer centricity. And I think L&D would do a really good job at honing that skill of customer centricity a little bit more. Putting our people at the heart of everything we do will change the narrative. It will change the way we're talking to people. When we were talking about AI, we were talking about the, the knowledge and understanding our people will need about AI in the future. The conversation pivoted when we started thinking, okay, well, what do our people actually need to know? Because that's what we need to be prioritizing, the end user. We have so many different forms of tech, so many different innovations, so much in this industry. And we can get really excited about it. We can get a little bit carried away. We need to stop and we need to put our people at the heart and work out exactly what they need from us. When you're sending out marketing messages, you need to be thinking the same as well. If you're sending out an email that's like, we have done this and we have done that and we would really like you to do this and we think it's really important and so does your CEO, it's not going to resonate with your people. If you want to really grab attention and make impact in learning, whether that's with marketing or anything else, start putting your audience at the heart. You might be thinking, can I already do that? This is such a rubbish takeaway. But the amount of people I spoke to last week that were humble enough to say, you know what, I think I've taken my eye off the ball there. I think I've I've kind of slipped into that old narrative. So remind yourself 
that your audience is the most important person in the room. Remind yourself that you need to have them at the heart of everything you do. And just sense check the work you're doing. Are you really championing your target audience? And if not, stop, pivot, and put them at the heart. So that's my first takeaway. We really need to make sure in L&D that we are putting the audience at the heart of everything. It might feel like a bit of a fluffy takeaway, but I promise you, you're not alone if you're thinking, I talk the talk, but I don't walk the walk. Following on quite nicely from my first takeaway, my second takeaway is about personas. And I had a lot of questions about personas. People saying, well, I do that, but I don't call them personas. Why can't I just segment based on job title? Um, why do I need them? If you want to know the answers to those questions, you can go back and listen to the podcast on personas. But one really interesting thing came up, and this might actually need to be a podcast episode in an entirety. But I've been asked quite a lot over the last week, why do I need personas if I can't segment my lists or my databases based on those personas? In marketing, we're quite lucky, especially with email marketing, we can normally put our personas into buckets and email that specific persona. We aren't lucky enough to have that in L&D for the most part. I've spoken to a couple of people that are lucky enough to have marketing functionality and well done you, you're the lucky few. But for most of us, we can't actually segment up our databases in this way. But that doesn't mean personas aren't important. When you're sending out a marketing message without personas, without any insight about who your target audience is, you're running the risk of putting out a message that doesn't resonate with anybody. That everyone either deletes straight away or reads, rolls their eyes and deletes. And maybe there's a real few people that might engage with it and click through. When you're targeting based on personas, let's say you've got four personas for your organization and you're writing a message thinking, okay, this campaign is targeted at persona A. I'm gonna write this email targeting persona A. You then have a much greater possibility that people that fall into persona A will actually engage, will actually do that thing you're asking them to do, whether that's just to be aware of something, whether that's to take action, they will be more likely to engage. You will be reaching a bigger segment of your target population rather than reaching nobody at all. I often then get the question, oh, but what about the people that I'm not targeting? Surely that will put them off. No, no, it won't. Because they will be doing exactly what they were already doing, either deleting it without reading it, reading it and deleting it, or maybe, hey-ho, it might also resonate with them. You will go a lot further quicker by targeting based on your personas. Don't feel put off that you cannot segment based on your persona. Don't let that deter you. You can do so much with personas. You will be able to target more people more quickly by just understanding their wants, their needs, their fears, their pain points. So don't be deterred from creating personas because you think you have some sort of tech limitation. The third takeaway from the last week is a bit of a cheeky one. I had a lot of conversations with people that were like, oh yeah, I'd love to do that, but I'm not allowed um, I, I'd love to do that, but actually my internal comms team made it quite boring or my marketing team absolutely poo-pooed the idea. There's a phrase in marketing and all marketers will know it and it's arts for forgiveness, not permission. 
Now, I'm not telling you to go in and rip up the rule book and really like, like annoy your, I'm not telling you to go in and rip up the rule book and annoy your internal comms team or get yourself sacked because marketing hate you. Um, I'm sure it would never come to that. But push the boundaries, see what boundaries you have to play within and then push them slightly. Sometimes having evidence that something works is a great way of proving that you need to do something differently. I had people say to me, oh, I did something slightly different. Marketing said it wasn't on brand and I had to take it down. And I asked what conversation they had around that. And they said, well, I didn't. I just took it down. Remember, you are the custodian of your target audience and your learning function. Perhaps you're not the custodian. Maybe your boss is. But you can have that conversation. You can say, well, actually, our target audience is a bit different from our external audience. And this is really resonating. People are really engaging with this. We're getting more people learning and that's our objective. What can we do to compromise? How can we come up with a solution that's somewhere in the middle that works for both of us? It's really, really important to have the conversations, be confident in what you're doing and making sure you're you're pushing the boundaries in the right way. And, you know, sometimes if you have to ask for forgiveness but you've got data that proves what you were doing is right, why not give it a go? It's a bit cheeky, but it's worth it. And lastly, my fourth takeaway, and this is one that I perhaps don't really have an answer on, and I might have actually found the most interesting conversation, especially where it came up at both events, was about the terminology of L&D, learning and development, and whether that actually still represents what we do in today's day and age. I've never taken um, any objection to the phrase L&D. Um, I often have really funny conversations with people where I actually say I feel more like an l and than I do a marketer nowadays. I'm definitely more in the learning camp. But there was a lot of conversation about whether learning and development, do, does that have connotations of people just assuming it's uh, training and we do a lot more than training. Are we more enablers? Should we be called enablement? But are we the same as enablement? Or are we different? Should we be part of the HR function or not? There were so many conversations around this. And again, like I said, I don't actually have a conclusion on this one. I just found it fascinating. One bit of phraseology that I often get my back up about is learners. Um, and we all know that, like we heard uh, from Nick Shackleton-Jones on this podcast that calling people learners is like calling humans breathers, it's not their primary function. Um, And I do have a bit of an objection with learners, but that wasn't the talking point. The talking point was about L&D. And I wonder if maybe we are going into a new evolution of our function and maybe we do need to have a different name. It's interesting. And do people in the organisation know what our purpose is as an L&D team? I wonder if there's connotations of, oh, the L&D team are the people that send out compliance training all the time. Um, But yeah, it was a very interesting conversation. I just, if anyone has any thoughts on that, I'd love it if you could write them in and let us know what you think. Because it it was a big talking point. I think I had about four or five different conversations with very, very different people about the phraseology of L&D and those people don't know each other either which made it even more interesting there's a rumbling going on 
And I just wanted to share it with you and get your thoughts going about whether you think L&D is an appropriate description of what you do. Um, but I have to say, I'm very proud to be an l and and I will continue using the phrase l and <laughs> So there you have it, my top four takeaways, talking points, ideas after a week of fun-filled networking with wonderful L&D professionals. I have to say a huge, huge thank you to Kevin at Synthesia and the whole of the How Now team, notably Gary Stringer with the L&D Disrupt podcast. It was their live in-person event. Um, if you don't listen to the L&D Disrupt podcast, please do go and listen. They have so many incredible guests on there. Uh, if you go back far enough, you will see myself on there. I had a great conversation with Nelson, the How Now CEO, about marketing for learning. Blimey, it might have been about two, three years ago now. Um, but it's an incredible podcast. Do go listen. This is a weird learning and development mashup podcast episode where one podcast is telling you to go and check out another um, but it would definitely be worth your while so thank you to the how now and synthesia teams for putting on two incredible networking events thank you to absolutely everyone that i met and spoke to um, if i met you for the first time this week hello thank you for listening i had so many people say that they love the podcast and it's really really helped them uh, so please do reach out, keep in touch, chat to us, talk to us about your challenges because we are here to help the industry realise the potential of marketing. So if there's any topics you want us to cover, please do drop me a message. But if not, I'll see you on the next podcast, guys. Bye. Bye.